0: Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor's easy-to-use drag-and-drop interface. You just drop in the conversations you have with your co host your monologues or whatever else you want to record and combine that with sound effects and music and hit publish it's really just that easy so if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it go to anchor.fm/start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using anchor once again that's anchor.fm/start i can't wait to hear your podcast This week, we have a message from Taylor Thompson, which I'll play now. So, why Disney? Taylor, that's a really good question. And, you know, I think I'll answer that by just talking a little bit about the immersive environments, right? That Disney works so hard to create a believable world that is otherworldly, right? You can't visit another planet. But you can visit Pandora, right? I wouldn't want to be in an elevator dropping 13 stories in an old creaky hotel, but I love the Tower of Terror, right? You're not going to get me in a haunted mansion, but that's one of my favorite rides. Nor will you find me in a boat sailing through the Caribbean while a town is being ransacked, but that's so fun To watch, right? Disney lets you do things that you can't do in the real world. And that's why I love it so much. Hi. Welcome to Monorail News Weekly. This is Gray Hauser, editor at Monorail News. And this week... Taylor Thomas is out. So what we're going to do is, I'm just going to kind of run through the news. We were supposed to have um, one Mr. Tim Delaney. He's the Imagineer behind Discoveryland at Disneyland Paris and Space Mountain from the Earth to the Moon, amongst many other projects, and I thought I wasn't going to have time to record with him this week, and turns out, after I thought I wasn't, I ended up having time on Thursday... And it just, the pieces didn't come together exactly how I wanted them to, so that'll be next week um, if everything goes according to plan. So what we're going to do instead is I just kind of want to talk a little bit about um, some of the news that's come out um, over the last week and just sort of, um, you know, um, give you the lowdown on that um, in lieu of like a longer hour-long episode this week. So, I think the big, the the top story this week is that the opening dates for Galaxy's Edge were announced. Now, there is a caveat here. The land will open in phases. The first phase, which will feature Millennium Falcon: Smuggler's Run, will open on May 31st. That's ahead of schedule at Disneyland. And August 29th at Hollywood Studios, which is also ahead of schedule. Disney cited high guest interest in experiencing this new immersive land as the reason why this was going to open ahead of schedule. Um, As part of Phase 2, which they've said is going to happen later this year, we're going to get Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which Disney is saying is the most ambitious, immersive an advanced attraction they've ever made. It will put guests right in the middle of a cinematic battle between the First Order and the Resistance and will blur the lines between fantasy and reality. Disney says they did this to sooner allow guests to enjoy Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, if you are planning now to go, between the dates of May 31st and June 23rd at Disneyland, you will be required to make a no cost reservation subject to availability to access the land. There will be more information about this put out on Disneyland.com. The Disney Parks blogging will, of course, have it to you as soon as we get it here at Monorail News. Um, they're saying that if you stay on property, at the Disneyland Hotel, the Paradise Pier Hotel, or the Grand Californian Hotel, you will have designated reservation slots, so you'll get some form of a priority over guests staying at good neighbor hotels or commuting in or who are staying hotels in the area in general. Um, a reservation will not be offered or required. At Walt Disney World, of course, valid theme park admission will be required for both of these lands. Um, Capacity will, of course, be limited. And at Walt Disney World, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will be open during extra magic hours that will allow guests to experience the land for even longer than regular off-property guests. Once again, all of that will be Released at disneyroad.com, the Disney Parks blog, and of course, Monorail News. And you know, this wasn't the only news we got this week, although that will definitely dominate the conversation. We got height requirements for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Attraction. To pilot the Millennium Falcon and ride Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, guests will need to be over 38 inches. The ri- the height requirement for rides of the Resistance, we're not really sure yet, but we believe it will be over 40 inches. Um, also, f- Max Pass at Disneyland and Fast Pass Plus at Walt Disney World will not be initially offered at Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. There will be no paid fast passes, no paid way to expedite your wait time outside of Disney's VIP tour guide service. You could inquire about that um, on the Disney Parks website. Um, It does cost a pretty penny, I believe, upwards of... $300 $300 an hour with, of course, a six-hour minimum, or there is the $15,000 um, VIP tour, the super special tour, um, with your food included, and they can get you into any restaurant. You can pretty much do whatever you want if you want to see something behind the scenes. You can do that. Um, that's $15,000 um, at Walt Disney World. Uh, um, I know that's a lot, but it's up to six people. So if you can find six mega super Star Wars nerds to go with you, it's still a tough pill to swallow, but I know some people will be willing um, to do that. Now, now you might wonder what Disney is doing with all of that VIP tour money, right? Well, they are doing a little bit of giving back. Um, At Disneyland, Disney's giving a $5 million grant which will support housing plans in Anaheim. Um, They want to provide affordable housing for um, homeless people. um, And they also want to meet the housing affordability challenges that affect every city throughout California, especially Southern California. This donation goes directly to the Orange County Housing Trust, um, this will be the first contribution by a private donor. Um, what this is going to fund is apparently around 106 units um, of a housing facility, 102 units of a housing development. It's going to be called the Manchester Project. Um, groundbreaking is next year on that. So that's just really great, and I think that's really going to be um, a great service and a great boom for the residents of Anaheim. I mean, you hear so often that you know housing is so unaffordable in that area, and in L.A., of course, because you know, there's only so much land and there's so many people who want to live there, and it's just not necessarily an easy Situation with really no easy answers, but this should go um, a long way. This um, pairs very nicely with Disney Aspire, which essentially, if you work part time or full time at a Disney park, Disney will fully fund um, you going to college. Um, so it's aimed primarily at adults who maybe haven't had the opportunity, whether they couldn't afford it or whatever may have happened that dashed them being able to go, you know, at the traditional age right out of high school, they can do it now, and Disney will pay every dime of it. Um, It's just another way that Disney provides um, for their cast members and provides ladders that allow them to climb through the social hierarchy and to greater levels of economic success. We've also seen the poster come out for Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Um, This movie, of course, is the sequel to the Maleficent movie that came out um, a a number of years ago, and it, of course, stars Angelina Jolie. Um, It's coming out this October. So... Who knows, you know, that last movie kind of tried to subvert the trope that Maleficent is so evil, and maybe it's really just misunderstood. Reminds me a lot of Wicked, right? If you've ever seen the Broadway musical or read the book Wicked, The Life and Times, The Wicked Witch of the West, it essentially proposes that the story you heard in The Wizard of Oz and in the novel, um, isn't really the full story, and that the wizard actually tried to manipulate. Alphaba, um, as you come to find out, is the name of the witch, and for his own political gain, um, it's very interesting. I'm sure you can find the soundtrack online, and although I don't endorse a bootleg, I'm sure there's a bootleg on YouTube. You know, there always is. You know, a couple of years ago, um, Disney launched, or just did for one season, um, a cruise of the Mediterranean. And now, five years later, Disney's going to be doing that again. The Disney Magic will be embarking on nine and 12 night Greek island voyages. Um, so it's going to be really cool. It's going to be in 2020, in addition to Alaskan cruises, Caribbean cruises, and cruises of the Bahamas that Disney Cruise regularly offers. Um, you're going to be able to visit notable cities, like um, the Gateway to Athens, Piraeus. I think I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong, um, Catalonian, which is near ancient Olympia, Um, the islands of Santorini, Mykonos, and Crete. Um, These will also allow you to visit Sicily, uh, where you can visit landmarks like Mount Etna, which is the highest and most active volcano in Europe, or the Piazza del Dumo, the city's historic center. Um, And then um, a third cruise is going to offer um, a return to the Pearl of the um, Adriatic, which is... um, ...in... Dubrovnik, ...Croatia. Um, that sounds very fun... ...despite my inability to pronounce... ...either of those words. Um, the Mediterranean cruises... ...aren't of course the only cruises... ...that will be offered with European ports of call. Um, the Disney Magic will be doing... ...sort of a grand tour... ...of um, of Europe... ...stopping in... Guinea, ...Poland... Nordfjordain, Norway, Plymouth, England, Zebrook, Belgium. Um, these will all offer you new ways to the Baltic, British Isles, and Norwegian fjords. Um, yeah, I thought they are just naming these things. Just a with me. Um, I mean, how am I supposed to know how to pronounce... N-O-R-D-F-J... O-R-D-E-I-D. I mean, I'm an English speaker. What do they expect? Um, also, Disney Cruise, the Disney Wonder specifically, will return to Alaska for the summer season. Um, it's really cool. I've only heard excellent things. You get to go up into a glacier um, and get really up close and personal. They're going to depart from Vancouver um, and visit, um... Skagway, Ketchikan, the Icy Strait Point, Doss Glacier, and Juno. Um, Each sailing offers fun um, and adventures both in port and on the ship from stunning scenery and one-of-a-kind port adventures in each destination to special touches that bring the splendor and spirit of Alaska to life on board. I told you the picture... ...of the, the ship with, like, the little pieces of ice floating in the water around it... ...looks breathtaking and not at all reminiscent of the Titanic. Um, <laughs> um, they'll also be offering tropical travels to the Caribbean and the Bahamas. Um, One of the two newer ships, the Fantasy, will be offering... A variety of new itineraries um, in the summer of 2020 which will allow you to experience the ship in both bahamas and the caribbean um, in addition these seven night eastern and western caribbean cruises that depart from port canaveral the ship will also embark on a five and nine night cruises of the caribbean along with three four and five night bahaman cruises three of which Future two stops, not one but two stops on Disney's renowned private island in the Bahamas, Castaway Key. Um, the Disney Dream will provide even more opportunities for you to visit that amazing island. Um, in the summer of 2020, with three, four, and five-night Bohemian cruises, um, including a series of cruises with two calls, um, on that island, bookings have already begun. They begin on March 7th. Um, You can find more details, of course, on DisneyCruise.com. We've also learned that Jesse's Critter Carousel will open at Disney's California Adventure next month. This is one of the last pieces that needs to come into place for Disney's new Pixar Pier to be fully complete. This will be Phase 2, and Phase 3 will be Inside Out's, I believe, Whirlwind of Emotion ride. Um, They're both going to be flat rides. Um, One of them is going to be very similar to a ride that guests really enjoyed in Bugs Land, which closed to make way for a future Marvel-themed expansion in that same park. Now, I understand um, that we could go over the Star Wars news again, but I don't really think that that would interest really anyone. So, um, I'm just going to plug last week's episode with Jim Corcus. If you haven't seen that, I highly recommend you... Um, you take a listen to it. It was really great. We spell some common myths about Walt Disney. And the week before that, we had Ben Lancaster on, the director of what sort of be a cult classic film, The Further Adventures of Walt's Frozen Head. And next week, we're going to have Tim Delaney. On. He's the designer of Discovery, I'm sorry, Space Mountain from the Earth to the Moon, which was called Discovery Mountain early in development as part of the Tomorrowland, um, the, the Parisian version of Tomorrowland, Land. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a lovely week ahead. Um, we'll return next week with an awesome interview for you. It will probably end up being an extended episode to make up for this shorter one. Thank you. And remember that tomorrow is just a dream away.